DJ and the coach, another podcast, the semi-regular version in June as we all take vacations. Okay, and by we, I mean me. Hey, coach, Tim Lacombe, former BYU what coach. What is regular? What is regular anyway? Uh, you know, I think weekly or daily, whatever your routine is, twice a week, it depends. I think uh, I think when you're doing like NFL and college football podcasts, a lot of those guys do one right before the game and right after, kind of, you know, like a Monday-Thursday deal. I guess I thinking more look ahead, what's look normal and what's not normal. Nobody knows. It's podcasts. It's all new. We're still writing the rules. And then Let's it'll go. change and evolve anyway. All right, it's free agency is the topic on the table here as we approach the weekend. Uh, I am curious who the big winner and the big loser is going to be. I think the big winner is easier to define. Whoever gets Kawhi Leonard, looking at you, Toronto, looking at you, Clippers, whoever gets Kawhi is the big winner. The big loser is... Who? Well, it all kind of... I, I would say that that everybody's kind of looking to see what the Celtics are going to do right now. You know, um, everything's kind of Danny had that thing built up pretty well. And, and are you that tight with him? It's like, did he come around BYU basketball enough? He's just Danny to you. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, Danny, like how many times a year would you talk to Danny Ainge? Probably 10, 15. Oh, really? Like so like if you talked to him once a month, that was pretty normal once or twice a month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he would usually come out to a game or two, you know, catch us somewhere, uh-huh. always be in Vegas uh, for the tournament. Uh, we would go out every couple of years to training camp, um, but form definitely formed a, a great relationship. And you Does know, he I listen to your podcast? I mean, need, our podcast? <laughs> yeah, we, need, we actually need to hashtag him maybe this time. Exactly. Huh? Let's go. Um, but I think that you know what the what the Celtics do, and, and right now the rumor is Kemba Walker is is strong for them right now. Uh-huh. Um, they've got to do something, and um, you know with with all of the uncertainty around their franchise, when about six months ago they probably were in the best position of power, I would say. Um, so that is the uh, that that's the one that I think has the potential to be either. Um, put themselves in, a, in an okay place or be the biggest loser? I don't see them as the biggest loser. Uh, maybe biggest disappointment because they thought they were so close to a title and now they're a step back from a title if things go wrong. But I think given the coach and the core of players they have, they're still going to win 50 games and be in the playoffs and probably win a playoff series. I totally get that, but it doesn't make you the biggest loser. It's a big disappointment, but I'm thinking if the Knicks traded Porzingis and they get nobody, I mean, you're the Knicks. We don't expect anything out of you. You're a train wreck anyway. We just look at you to laugh. But that's horrific. That would be my point. That's horrific even by Knicks standards. Yeah, the Knicks are (laughs) – you might as well just rename them the lovable losers because that's – that's just kind of expected. I right. mean, I, I would be shocked to see anything positive happen in New York. Now, the thing with Boston I don't get, and, you know, maybe you can talk to Danny and then explain it to me. And I'll tell you right now, I'm just going to call him Danny because that feels really weird to me because he's been Danny Ainge on TV. I don't, I don't have a personal relationship with Danny. Yeah, we could conference him in. Maybe he'd take a call here. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's what he wants to do right before. Yeah, right, right this second. <laughs> right this second. Yeah, sure. Let me get back to you. I think with them, they had too many guys last year who played the same positions, needed the ball. I mean, the roster balance was all out of whack. But Rozier's a free agent. Morris is a free agent. If they're gone and Kyrie Irving's gone and you bring in Kemba, a lot of the vibe's gone because you'll lose a lot of the history of what went wrong in the locker room. And you got a little more 
a balance there. But what you don't have is someone to replace Al Horford, assuming they lose Al Horford. What do they do for a big guy? Because without the big guy, then they're, they're in that 45 to 50 win area. Which, let's face it, there's a lot of Jazz fans listening to this podcast, and they don't want any success for Gordon Hayward. So have Al Horford go, have Danny come up empty, and have Gordon win 45 to 50 games, and that's just fine for most Jazz fans. Thank you very much. Check him yeah, out in the first sure. round. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, but I think it, it's a, uh, it, it is an interesting uh, situation right now because there is so much um, you know, smoke. Uh, obviously, KD uh, declined the 31. Uh, how great would it be to decline a 31.5 million? I'm not offer? taking 31 and a half mil. It's not in my best interest. Yeah, I need to see what's what really the, what the market is for how, me. How about this? Um, I know what the market is for me, and there's no way I'm settling <laughs> for 31 and a half million dollars. Oh, no. please. No, I, I I think there's a bunch of people out there. Maybe get a GoFundMe for DJ. Yeah. <laughs> Go fund this guy, man. He's been he's been working so hard for so long. Okay, here's but one yeah, for you. Here's one for you yeah. for biggest loser in free agency. What? Yeah. And this is one Jazz fans want big time. The Rockets. They're sitting here talking about trading three of their five starters. Are they going to mess up whatever chemistry they had? Are they going to mess up what they had going either by making a big deal or bringing everyone back and everyone not being all in? Because you're going to have guys in their free agent year thinking, hey. I gotta, I gotta look out for me. They're not bringing me back. They're ready. They're done with me. What's interesting about that is the, you know, the, whatever chemistry they had, and and there's kind of starting to show that there were cracks, like major yeah. cracks in the chemistry, right? right? But the guys they're talking about trading, obviously, are are guys that probably were guys that held that thing together. You know, when you talk about Tucker um, and, and his yeah. success this year, Eric Gordon. Um, and Gordon, of course. And Capella. Yeah. Man, I would love Gordon to become a jazz guy. So here's the funny thing about him. If they're trying to trade him, I don't know what the problem would be. He's got one year and $14 million. So there's no long-term risk. And $14 million for a player his caliber, that's ballpark. I mean, you know, you may not have the room, so I get that. P.J. Tucker signed for two years at $8 million, 8.3, and then it goes down to 7.9. Yeah, those are two, those are two impact guys and really could – help a team that's just kind of teetering around, you know, that that plateau to push them over the top. Capella signed for four years at 16, 18, 19, and then 20 million bucks. Wow. Yeah, he's he's uh, and and the interesting thing about Capella and we've talked about this uh, in past podcasts is that he's that guy who is a runner, rebounder, shot blocker. Um, offensively he's, he's similar to kind of where the Jazz are with their five with Rudy in terms of you know, a guy who's going to roll and get lobs. Um, but in this kind of this current state of the game where five guys are, are spacing, you know, that's the one thing about Capella that um, he would have to go to a place that the guards kind of broke down the, the defense and threw the lobs and um, allowed him to kind of do his thing. All right, so those are some of the potential losers, the Celtics, the Rockets, and the Knicks. Uh, I don't know that the Lakers – I guess it'd be a loser in free agency, but you got an AD trade, so that's a win. But I just don't know that I trust their management to put good players that fit all the way around them and build a complete roster. It feels to me like – and you know this from being college basketball, the Utah staff, when Larry Kristoviak went there, they referred to the first year as year zero because – they, you know, everybody transferred out, and it was too late to get anybody in, and so they're playing D two guys, and so they weren't really going forward. They couldn't really build anything that year. I think last year was year zero for the Lakers, 
maybe not as excusable. But now it's like AD's here, so here's year one. But LeBron doesn't win in year one. He didn't win his first year with Dwayne Wade in Miami. He didn't win his first year with Love and Kyrie Irving back in Cleveland. I had terrible injuries that year. Uh, so I don't expect the Lakers to be, you know, it's championship or bust for the Lakers, but championship isn't a good goal for them this year. But certainly the second round of the playoffs isn't too much to ask. Do you think they're going no, to build quite, a team? That's something you'd actually kind of expect, right? Yeah, but are they going to build a team that's that guys. good? Because right now, if I had to guess, I'd say no. And you know, in two weeks, we'll have a better idea because we'll see who they land. Yeah, the the the, the, the kind of the, the jostle for roster fillers that actually can help teams, you know, in this modern day. That's really kind of where the Jazz are right now. They have they have their main guy set, and now it's who can. You know, now assemble amongst everybody out there, can assemble a team that actually, um, with with the Warriors kind of in a in a for the first time in a while in a funk, who can assemble this team that can you know kind of rise up above the the Warriors and win this the Western Conference. And there's teams, you know, what's going to happen with the Mavericks? You know, can they can they make a move and get Horford, um, you know, and add him to the to the talent they have, you know, the Clippers are talking, everybody's talking about the Clippers being right there involved. I mean, the difference between talking right now and a week from now um, and all of the movement and all of the, the, you know, the searching to try to put this roster together and how everybody goes about it is going to be fascinating. So it's interesting you bring up the Mavs because nobody in the NFL we see teams go worst to first and we see it in Major League Baseball but it doesn't really happen in the NBA. You usually you got to climb, you got to go through the process. Even the Warriors before they won their first title, you know, they had an out in the second round season and they accelerated through that process pretty quickly compared to what a lot of teams go through. Is Doncic that good that he and Porzingis coming off an injury if you put the right guy with him in a pretty even West? That they could go right to the top. To me, that seems like too big a reach. I can see them being a playoff team. But certainly, yeah, a playoff team that's challenging for. And then once you get to the playoffs, like we saw this year, anything can happen, right? Um, In terms of injury and, you know, guys not playing their best. Uh, But the Mavs are a team that, uh, with that young talent, and I love. I love Luca and and Porzingis, but add some guys around them, and again, that's just another team that's just who can get those pieces. Uh, that's going to be the beauty of this thing. You know the uh, the hype the last couple of years has been around Oklahoma City. You know, trading for Paul George and then able to retain him, but they're zero for two in the playoffs, and a lot of these teams that we're going to talk about, and a lot of these players we're going to talk about, they're going to be first round and done clubs anyway. We're going to oversell some of them, just like the Thunder have been oversold the last two years. And I don't hear anyone talking about the Thunder now. I don't see anyone picking them to get out of the first round next year, however this shakes out. Yeah, (laughs) there's and there's two guys on that team, you know, with Westbrook and George. That, you know, uh, three four years ago, you you would look at that and say that's that's got a real good nucleus. But it is interesting that nobody's talking about them. Um, they know another team that's possible in terms of talking about uh, the Biggest Loser. I mean, at one point, the Nets were were rumored to be the landing spot for KD and Kyrie. Um, certainly, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. And now, you know, will they be okay just landing Kyrie in the situation Kyrie's in his career right now? I mean, is that 
does that push the envelope, or is that a major, major disappointment for a franchise that was looking to try to add two of those you know, guys and really put, make a push for a championship? Who's going to get somebody and then regret it? It's going to screw them up. Because mostly we're saying, if you don't get someone, it's a bust. If you do get someone, it's great. Who's going to sign somebody, and then at the end we're going to look back and go, and you messed everything up? Because I think the easy answer is, whoever signs Kyrie. Yeah, I, I would say my, my early choice would be whoever takes Boogie Cousins would be on that list. <laughs> he, couldn't move and whether, he, he couldn't move in the playoffs. Is that going to get any better? I don't know. He did not look great. And then you take that into account with just his personal. That's such a big part of this thing, man. You talk about all the talent, but it is really a, a huge part of this is chemistry and guys being willing to – I mean, because these guys are all—they're all part of the best players in the world at some, you know, level. And how many of these teams with this nucleus, you know, they're going to add pieces that just don't fit um, chemistry-wise? That is such a big part of this thing. Um, so you've got to—you've got to try to get the best talent you can, but guys that are going to fit and want to play a role. Um, we saw it with Kyrie this year in Boston. I mean, he said all the right things. Uh, and then just basically quit on them down the stretch. Uh, that is that is a really really big thing. I would say that uh, that right now, you know, over overpaying for Kyrie in this state, I would say could possibly be the one that screws up the team, you know, more than helps them. What else do you want to know? I'm driving this podcast. What do you want to know, Tim Lacombe? You're the big gigantic basketball brain. The. Uh, the Kawhi thing is really, really interesting to me. Um, you know, he's he, like he always is. He keeps our really close to the vest. But there's a part of me that's starting to think that he, um, you know, there is something about defending a title in a place that, that you've won one. Uh-huh. I think that, that part of that kid is made right. And I would not be surprised when it comes right down to it um, with, with the lure of the Clippers and going being able to go back home. Where, where Kawhi plays – um, and what he does is a huge, huge part of this story with KD being injured. And Kawhi's, you know, one of those top three, four guys that is on the board and, and looking to make a decision. But my, my prediction is he stays in Toronto. I think he's going to stay there. I think he's going to uh, try to put together a, a channel, you know, a, a, a repeat uh, run with the Raptors. And I think that that is something that. Um, that will really kind of drive the rest of the movement. But where Kawhi plays is, is a huge story. Um, I'm saying he's going to he's going to go to the Raptors. It makes sense to me for a couple reasons. Uh, probably three. One, uh, you're the defending champs. You got a championship team. Why walk away from a good thing? Two, you don't only have a championship team, but it looks like most of your best competitors are going to take a step backwards. The Warriors, yep. because of injury. Uh, the Rockets, probably the next best team in the West. They've only lost to the Warriors the last couple of years. Uh, even though they were the four seed, they're still the second best in my mind. They're going to take a step back with age. Uh, Chris Paul, certainly. His skills have to diminish somewhat at the age he's at. And then who knows what they're going to do with some kind of crazy move right here. Um and then I think the other thing to look at is that, and you might even know who this is, the San Diego Union-Tribune wrote a, they had a story in like early on in the season. I can't remember the season it started. It was certainly first 20 games of the regular season. September, okay. October, November. 
Citing an unnamed source who knew Kawhi. Okay, I immediately assume it's an assistant coach or coach in the San Diego State program. Yeah. That Kawhi was going to fall in love with Toronto and stay there. That it was his personality. Even though he was from Southern California, he really isn't cut out for it. And that he would find in Toronto a place that loved basketball, but loved hockey more. Which would take the white hot spotlight off him, and he doesn't want that. But he wouldn't be playing in an empty arena because it's too big a sports culture up there and that the team was going to be good and it was just going to be the right balance for him. Now, maybe you know or you can find out who the source is, because, but it was spot. It looks like it was spot on right now. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because like February, I remember looking you know, at things and it, basically everybody was saying, you know, Three quarters of the people you ask say he's going. He's going to go to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of that was kind of the story. Um, but I do believe that there is a perfect. I mean, and knowing Kawhi just a little bit, you know, having the opportunity to coach against him, and then uh, you know he came to Provo during the lockout year for for that uh, event we had in Provo, and just talking to him, he is so low key. Um, Toronto fits him like a glove, and. It, it, like it's still, I still have to like hit refresh on the scores to make sure that the Raptors really did win the world championship. It's, <laughs> it's an amazing thing that that dude did. Um, but yeah, he, I think he's going to be there. I think it's it's really between the Raptors and the Clippers. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be the Raptors, and then everybody will have to you know assemble their deal to try to to compete with him in Toronto. So the Jazz are going to get somebody that uh, we can't identify now, not a star, not big money, but they're going to shoot at least 37% from three, and that is going to make all the difference for coaches who drew up plays and then saw guys, after a perfectly executed play, miss a wide-open shot. Is that the bottom yeah. line? Well, and it's got, to be, it's got to be the right spot, too. I mean, it has to be. Obviously, they need a wing um, in some depth there. Uh, but they really do need a stretch big man, a guy that can step out and make shots. Um, and, and it's still really interesting to see what's going to happen with Favors. You know, I know he's approaching the free agency as though he's unrestricted, and, and I read that last night. Um, but like, what DJ? What do you think? What do you, what do you think? Do you think there's one more? trade, one more move the Jazz will make to try to put this thing together. Yes, and I think the problem for Derek is that the whole league is approaching free agency on the 1st, and he's going to approach it on the 6th when the Jazz don't pick up his option because they have finally spent the money on somebody else. Because if everything falls through, they're going to hold on to him because he's an asset. So crystal ball, crystal ball for me. You are... You are a magician. <laughs> proved it time and time again. <laughs> By staying in blind. Um, give me, How does he keep his job? three names a week from now that, you know, one of those names is going to be in Salt Lake. Oh. Yeah, I don't know that I can do that. Um, I think there are too many options. I think uh, one I've looked at for a long time that I, I don't know if I should put on the list anymore because it does start to feel like the smart play is for Kawhi to stay in Toronto. If he goes to L.A. and they get another star with him, Jimmy Butler or whoever, they got to move Gallinari. And I think the Jazz have had their eye on that for a long time, on that potential combo. But it's all dependent on Kawhi making the jump. Um, Tobias Harris was on their radar for a, a long time, and he was on their radar. He has some tie inside the organization. And I don't know what it is. but And it might be Quinn, or it might be somebody around Quinn, but he has an interest in playing for Quinn. And I don't know if that's because of 
a relationship with Quinn or a relationship with someone else who said, watch Quinn and how he coaches and picture yourself, you know, in that. And uh, he did. He was very interested. But I think the Conley trade and the money they brought on, yeah. I, don't, I don't think the numbers are going to work anymore that Harris would. And I don't know that he was going to end up here anyway. And I think that might be one reason they moved. It, he's a classic example of a guy who I think is going to have multiple good offers and if you've ever been in a situation where you have two or three jobs and you don't know which one to take and it's agonizing, I think that's where he is now. He's got to pick between I don't, I've never been there. several good choices. I don't think that's true, but okay, we'll go with that. You know, for the sake of entertainment, sure, we'll go, for, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, there is a guy, and I'm forgetting his name now. I've got to go find it. There is a guy in Europe that has been linked to uh, most of the good teams in the West, including the Jazz. And he's from Colorado. You would probably remember him. And I'm blanking on his name now. Um, you got to watch for him. He'll come back. And I think he's a 3 and D guy. Um, is it Corey Higgins, maybe? Corey Higgins, yeah. He played Colorado. Yes, it's Corey, it's Corey Higgins. Um, and so you're bringing in a guy who's 30. Um, he grew up in California. He played in Colorado. He's from the West. He's of the West. But I've heard him link to Denver. I've heard him link to Dallas. I've heard him link to Utah. Uh, you know, he's going to have options. Um, he's been playing at CSK in Moscow. And I, I just think that they, you know, it's, it's a little bit, he's a little older, but it's a little bit of the Joe Ingles story. But I think that the team building window is getting so short now, the Jazz are trying to build for what is good for this coming season or two years after that. And I don't want to say that they're not paying any attention to anything that comes on after that, but they're not paying much. The priority is this next year or two, because then Rudy's a free agent, an unrestricted free agent. Donovan's a restricted free agent. Uh, Conley would be 33 and an unrestricted free agent. 33 and going on 34, he'd be 34 before the next season. Um, you know, you got Joe Ingles, who's moving. He's no longer early 30s, starting to move towards mid-30s. So, you know, the future is now for the Jazz. Whatever they're going to do with this group, they need to do with this group. Now, a couple of these guys, you know, hopefully, presumably, will be there longer, but they'll be surrounded by a new group of guys. And if you look at Stockton and Malone's career, Stockton and Malone, there were three different Stockton and Malone eras with the teammates around them. Right. Uh, I think, and the thing that's so promising right now is, you know, the Jazz didn't wait. Like, they went and made that move for Conley, which yeah. uh, every single day, you know, you see something more about the guy that you just, I mean, it's a match made in heaven for right. this organization. Um, the chemistry that he and Donovan seem to be already kind of have, you know, forming, and it's so so the importance that the you know that they actually with that with what you talked about this being the the time for them that they made that move they didn't sit around and wait for free agency and take their chances they saw a guy that they coveted they saw a guy that was out there that looked to to fit so many needs for the Jazz and went and got him um, which makes me believe like you said that they're not done that they understand this window. Uh, and that there are, you know, moves to be, several moves to be made, obviously to fill out the roster. But I think mm-hmm. there's still a move or two that are, you know really would are going to be exciting for the franchise and the fans. Yeah, I, um, I, think, I think there's two different moves. I think there's one where they get a guy in that six seven to six eleven range. 
who kind yep. of passes for a four man who can shoot the yep. three, who can stand in the corner and make that open shot in a way that Derek Favors can't. But I also think that there is a guy they need in the six four to six eight range to give them some depth around the perimeter and a shooter coming off the bench. They need. Well, uh, those are the two. Those are the two. Those are the two main spots. And right. The six ten guy you're talking about. I think. I think the guy that I've kind of started to hone in on. I think you, that it's six. Meritich. You going Meritich? <laughs> Absolutely. I knew yep. it. I knew it. Yep. I hadn't gotten That's to my third guy. guy, but that was going to be my third name, too. There, That's there's, the guy. There's been a link with them and him for a long time, and I wonder if that match finally gets made. There have been trade yeah, rumors I mean, and all that stuff. Like, like the Conley name, it's a name that right. if you're around the organization and you hear some of the things, there, you know, there's certain guys out there that just look to be great fits in, in, in a jazz uniform. And I think Miritich is, is the next guy that really – fits that need that we're talking about where they don't have two bigs on the floor that, um, you know, primarily score around the basket, but that one big that can really help Rudy out by stretching everything out. Yeah. All right, there it is on the Eve-ish. Is that a, is that a word? Eve-ish? Eve-ish. Eve-ish, a free agency? Yep. All right. Sunday night, talking sports. Tune in. Uh, you will be there breaking it down as everything goes to – and I'm still efforting on the other guys. People in the summer are very slow to get back to you. Yeah, what's up with that? Probably traveling internationally. That's my guess. Big yeah. shots. You know. Well, I'm excited for it. It's going to be fun, and I know that uh, jazz fans all over can't wait to see what happens. Yep. Uh, NBA fans all over can't wait to see what happens. Uh, but it's definitely as exciting a time as we've had around here in terms of, you know, the possibilities of what the Jazz can can do in the West and then in the league uh, here coming up in the next couple of weeks. You know some of the guys I'm chasing. You think they're on some remote South Pacific island and just, uh, you know, no bars, no no 5G coverage, no nothing? They just get yeah, away? Yeah, probably. They're basically shipwrecked for a couple of weeks? Either that or they're just giving us the shun. They found <laughs> out I was coming. <laughs> they come with me. Why are you ghosting me, as the kids say? Yeah, we can always get PK just to do a double. Oh yeah, but you know it's an exorbitant fee, and he'll he'll want more. I mean, he's That's all about true. the bonus. And you'll money. hear about it. Yeah, every no doubt. Morning, I've got to carry this whole show. You know that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's not really yeah. worth it. That's how, kind of how you are with the podcast. You know, a little bit, a little bit. Might yeah. I learned it from watching him. All right, let go of the wheel. Give me. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Let me drive. You drive. It's the cars at Disneyland. It's on that little track anyway. There's a, there's a limit to how much trouble right. we can get we in. We can't get too far off. We can't track. really go four-wheeling on the grass, which as an eight-year-old I always thought looked like an excellent idea, but they were a step yeah. ahead of me. All right, Tim, we'll talk right, to you again DJ. after free agency, and we'll, uh, we'll have a 4th of July edition before the 4th of July. All right, let's go. All right, Tim McComb, DJ and the coach. Check out our podcast, 1280thezone.com, and all the places you get podcasts.